Good morning and welcome to episode number 55 of the audio podcast with me, Jason, and you, Alex Von Cannell. That was another nice early internet reference there. Well, it's actually probably, it's probably actually very, very relevant to what you want to speak about today. Is it? Hell yeah, oh, yeah it's 55. A, a smash hit by the, uh, the rap group Group X. Uh, yeah, okay, and what happened to them? Um, I, th- I, reckon, I think they're actually still going strong. I did look them up the other day, just randomly. I think they've released multiple al- albums. Because I was trying to find the the original album that Shifty Five was from was from an album. It was called something on the lines of, what was it? It was something like Chafing on the... Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, For it's anyone some- that doesn't know what we're talking about, we'll post a link... To the video. Everyone should know what we're talking about no, when they're talking about won't. 55. You definitely won't. But we will post a link in probably, I think, would it have been 2004 or something, maybe earlier? We mm. thought this was the funniest thing. It was, what, it was one of the first, like, viral music, yeah. like, funny music videos. Yeah. It's hilarious. But um, let's, let's before we get into the weeds, let's talk about our weeks a little bit first. Yeah, I had a, I had a very interesting week. You, you, go, you go first. Okay, so... Uh, I just wanted to give a bit of an update on uh, parenting mm-hmm. because, as you guys know, I'm a parent. It's so hard. Oh, man. It is so hard. It's full on. Uh, but we've had some, some sort of good progress this week. We've made some changes. So we've, we've made the decision to pull Nate out of daycare at the moment because him and, and then me has been consistently sick every month since January when we first started sending him to daycare. And it's it's a shame because we actually, we love sending him there because he really enjoys it. It's good for socialisation. The the daycare centre that we send him to has got great teachers. Mm. Like, everyone's so awesome there. But he's just been getting smashed month in and month out. And as you guys have probably heard me complain about a few times before, because of the sickness, I've been getting no sleep because I've been getting up for him almost every night. He already isn't the best sleeper in the world, and uh, he seems to be really susceptible to things like tonsillitis and stuff like that, which obviously irritates your throat in the middle of the night, and then uh, it's causing him not to eat as much, all that sort of stuff. So we, we made the decision to pull him out of daycare, just for the time being, and so we've gone from, he was going to daycare two days a week, gone down to one day a week now where Amanda's mum is taking care of him for us on a Wednesday, because she gets those days off, off work. So, because of that, I have temporarily parked not just the tip, mm-hmm. because it's quite labour-intensive to put together. Like, even just the prezos and stuff doesn't seem like much, but it takes a couple of hours to actually put yeah. it together, then record it, then um, then do all the uploading, all that sort of stuff. So, I sort of thought, for the time being, I'm going to park that, but if there's, like, a major event on, like, maybe NRL Grand Final, or if there's a big UFC card, or something big, mm-hmm. I might do just sort of standalone shows on that, but... For now, the weekly uh, show is just going to be sort of parked because it only leaves me one day a week to catch up on things like housework and all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, But I've got a bit of a funny... It's not even that long a story. So uh, when it comes to parenting, one of the biggest rules when you have a child that doesn't sleep very well is when they go to sleep, just let them sleep. So yesterday morning, I was taking Nate out to SeaWorld because we've got yearly passes for SeaWorld. And... Everything went well in the morning, so he actually slept pretty well the night before, and then he's not sick at the moment, so we're actually sleeping pretty well. 
and we drive out to SeaWorld and unbeknownst to myself, I go to get him out of the car and he's already asleep. Mm-hmm. And this is at 10 o'clock in the morning. So this is not what's supposed to happen. He's supposed to only be tired about lunchtime. Right. So I was like, well, I need to let him sleep for as long as I can because if I don't, he's going to be really grisly later and then he probably won't go to sleep. Or if he only sleeps a little bit, then he'll want an afternoon sleep and then he won't go to sleep until like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Right. So it's a science, right? So I'm like, okay. I'll, I'll let him sleep. So I'm just sitting in the car and I'm like, he'll, he'll probably wake up in 15 minutes or something anyway. So 45 minutes has passed and he's still asleep. And So you're just sitting in the car park? I'm just sitting in the car park at SeaWorld. Just sitting in the car park at SeaWorld, playing on my phone, listening to podcasts and stuff like that. But my bladder is full to bursting. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> See where I'm going with this, don't you? Yes. I pissed in my water bottle in the, really? in, in the SeaWorld car park. Yeah. So you couldn't drive to a park? Well, I could, but you can't just leave your kid asleep in the car on his own. Can't you? Nah. So, I th- I'm sure there's laws against that. You can't park close to the, the door. Like, a, 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 a number one for a man's quite quick. Yeah, but the other problem is, too, as soon as you shut the door that sound will probably wake him up as well. And I want to give him the best opportunity to sleep as long as he possibly can. So yeah, That is that is wild. Mate, like, these are sacrifices you make as a, as a parent. And I want to say that. So Tasha and I were talking about it because we came and saw you guys on Sunday. Yeah. And I just have to... A shout out to all the parents out there. Mm. The amount of sacrifice that you put towards generating life... Mm. Is astonishing. Yeah. Because I'll give you the tip. I ain't pissing in nobody. <laughs> I'll give you another tip. I ain't waiting in a park car park for 45 minutes for no man. Yeah, and, and it would have ended up being longer than that too. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time I've ever pissed in a bottle sober. I'll <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> if I... If I... Here's a third thing. Mm-hmm. If there was something stopping me from sleeping three nights, mm. I'm out of there. <laughs> I'm deleting whatever it is that's stopping me from sleeping. Because yeah. I get my sleep. Oh, yeah. I get lots of it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the audio podcast followers know that you get yeah. your sleep. <laughs> so Tasha and I were talking about it on the way. I'm like, man, like it's just... Because our lives are so are so different, mm. you know. And, and it's funny because... It's funny for us because we get none of the pain and in a way we get to enjoy some of the yeah like the you, you get to play things. with them and stuff and then hand it back yeah yeah because yeah. it's like it's a firearm yeah it's, like, it's it's full on like everyone everyone knows that when you have kids your life's going to change you have no idea how much it's going to change by that mm-hmm. like you really just don't and you can have all the best intentions in the world but you know, like like the sleeping thing, for example. We've got heaps of friends that have kids that have just slept ever since they brought them home from hospital. And that's awesome. Now, when we look back at the last... Because obviously you, you go, okay, he doesn't sleep well. Is it our fault? Like, you want to try to fix the problem. And we think back to right at the beginning of, of bringing him home. So he got this like stomach virus thing, which apparently only like less than 5% of newborns get. Right. And it gave him chronic diarrhea for like three months. Yeah, no, the feeling. 
<laughs> Mom's licorice and IPA induced. <laughs> oh, and vitamins. Yeah, that was your hop bombs that we're talking about in the group chat. Yeah, well, yeah, more of a hop gassing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he got the stomach bug. And so for, for three, his first three months, he was essentially having diarrhea probably 15 times a day, roughly. Mm. So, obviously, you're not going to sleep very well in the middle of the night when you're constantly pooing yourself. Yeah. And I know how that feeling is when I went to Thailand for holidays years ago mm. and got the old uh, Thailand belly mm. and I didn't sleep very well when I was pooing myself in bed either. Yeah. Uh, so, that was for like three months. So, obviously, for the first, first three months of setting him up to sleep, did not go well. Mm. And then after that, we did all the things. We did all the sleep training and stuff like that. And we had a period where things were starting to go all right. And then he... Because he was exposed to no pathogens for the first eight months of his life. Because due to COVID and stuff, we pretty much weren't taking him anywhere. And then we started going to daycare. And ever since then, all of the training and stuff that we put in place just went downhill. Because he got sick every month for two or three weeks at a time. So... Now that we've pulled him out, we're starting to see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel in regards to the sleeping because he's been healthy for probably three, almost four straight weeks now. Mm. And now he's starting to sleep kind of like a normal kid. Yeah. All of a sudden. So I think it's a really good decision that we've made. And you, can, you guys can probably see it too. I'm way more fresh this morning than I have been in the last couple of weeks. Jason puts on a pretty, uh, like he's a, he's a game time kind of guy, but some mornings that he's got here... Your brain is mashed potato. Oh, and you, you'd hear that. You'll you will notice it when I use more filler words. So that's a... Oh, I notice it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not just that. It's all sorts of And things. it's everything. And, yeah. and it's I, just, like, I just look fucked. <laughs> it's like when I pulled out in front of you on the way in, and I gave <laughs> yeah, you the finger, yeah. and you thought you were going to have to throw down, yeah. not realising it was your brother. And I was ready to go, too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, that sucks. Um, no, but that's good. Yeah. Uh, pissing a bottle on so good. <laughs> So my, my news for the week, both my properties went unconditional. Yay! So, I mean, so one settles on the... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've still got these. Yeah. One settles on the first, and I think one settles a couple of weeks after that. That is awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah, so that'll be good. So I've still got a lingering uh, insurance claim uh, that's concerning me a little bit because... Uh, the first time around when I had to when I've had to get an insurance claim before, it was actually pretty quick. Um, mm. But this one's a much larger amount, and this is for number one that yeah, the tenant was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not liking the noises that the insurance company are making. Mm. So we'll we'll see. But that is a good thing. Uh, this <laughs> it's so funny. Like, just got my rates bill. Yeah, you know, like I'm, I'm so close to the precipice. Yeah, and things yeah. still, still getting, um, still asking for money, but um, no, I'll, I'll be glad to be out of that, and I'll, I might even do, maybe in a couple of weeks or something after it mm-hmm. all settles, I might do like another um, finance one. Yeah, just cool. To let you know where I'm going to park it because I feel like. You know, when I've spoken to some people on my network, they're like, oh, you know, what are you, what are you going to buy? And sure, like, there'll be some stuff there. Oh, there'll be some shit. There'll be, there'll be some stuff. <laughs> I guarantee you there'll be some toys. There'll, there'll be some toys. But at the same time, it's an investment, you know, mm. and that's that's what I'm building. That's wealth creation. So I'll be putting, parking it somewhere else where it's going to create wealth, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll keep people um, posted 
on, on what I do with it. But And the, these opportunities, you, you just can't afford to waste them. Like Correct. they don't, these sort of, look, I'm going to call it a financial windfall. You're going to end up with money in your pocket that you've spent on those places in the last 10 years anyway. Mm. But as, you can kind of look at it as like a forced savings thing. And now you're going to have a, some sort of financial payoff, which you can then, you can either blow it or you can use your money to create more money. Yeah. I had, I had a conversation with a, a younger guy in my network. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before. And he had fall, he had not seen my my podcast about mm-hmm. about finance, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I think it's time that I'm gonna buy a house." I'm like, "Yeah, why?" And he goes, oh, "I don't know." Mm. And I'm like, "Have you thought of anything else?" Like what? You know, so there is. It's just because what it's what we've been indoctrinated yeah. into doing. You you go to school, you maybe go to uni, you maybe not, you maybe do a trade, and that all of this is a means to an end of home ownership, mm. but. You don't need to do it. It doesn't have can, to be that way. You can make bank in other ways. Hmm. I suppose we need to talk about the real, like the, the big news for this this week. Mm-hmm. The week um, just gone. Bigger than me pissing in a bottle in the SeaWorld car park. Little bit. Mm. Little bit. Which is pulling out of Afghanistan. Yeah. So, first and foremost, I want to say uh, thank you to all the troops. Hmm. And it like, and I feel very bad that you got drawn into what effectively was a complete and utter waste of time, money, resource, and lives. Yeah. Now, pulling out was the only thing that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. You're going to see heaps and heaps of bad news about what the Taliban's going to do. But something that actually kind of annoyed me was that when the Taliban came out and said, hey, we're going to let women stay in school and we're going to, um, uh, we're going to be a little bit more progressive, mm. the West, we just slammed them. Yeah, we yeah. don't believe you. Well, yeah. If they, you know, like you had your chance. You mm. had 20 years to try and make it yours. Remember how many times in the last 20 years they used the term nation building? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. We were, and we pulled out for five minutes. Yeah, and it was 13 days. Yeah. 13 days from pull out to Taliban's takeover. Yeah. When, I guess when you compare 13 days to 20 years, it's less than five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you it know? is as a proportion. It, it yeah, is yeah. Less, than, less, less than five years. So mm. I'm a little bit... I don't like that it's become a political thing now. Like Biden has Biden's pulled it out. I actually admire Biden for actually doing it, right? Mm. Because it should have been done. We should never have gone there in the first place. Yeah. So whoever... Well, and it was always going to create a massive vacuum. It was always going to be a shit show. Yeah. Whoever did it is going to have to wear it. The fact that he did it and mm-hmm. wore it, I commend him for that. Yeah. You Don't forget, Trump had already signed a deal to leave as well. Yeah. So the, it was... But the fact that they actually went ahead and, and still did it, it's, yeah. it's a big thing. The concerning thing is exactly what you're talking about, which is this media rhetoric, which is just fired up as soon as this has happened. Mm. We're being shown all of the images of the people running underneath the plane trying to get out. Mm. We're being told about how the women and children are going to be negatively affected by this. We've been told that they're going to regress as far as you know women's education and all that sort of stuff. And... The problem is, this is all the same call to action bullshit that the media fed us twenty years ago yeah. when we went there in the first place. Yeah, they didn't. And in the meantime, they didn't. Well, the people that did show us bombing, um, like schools and yeah. and killing innocent people, 
know, those people are still on the run for releasing. Well, that, yeah, I mean, the, there was updates about Julian Assange in the last couple of weeks as well, where the... Is, is he still in... And he's in he's England. In England. Yeah. And the the UK courts have said that there's grounds for the US to appeal their decisions again to try yeah. to uh, extradite him to, to America. Like, all Julian Assange did was expose some of the atrocities that were going on over there. He That's all he did. It. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't his work. No, no. He was a publisher. Yeah. They, they did, someone gave him the information and he published it. Yeah. And now we're trying to persecute him for that. He's been... How long has he been in jail for? Or effectively in jail when he was in the embassy. Well, it was the late twos, wasn't it? When when he first got shacked up on a bogus sexual assault charge. So what I want to say is that... Because I've had a few conversations uh, with people Mm. and it's always been the same thing. We very... We we tend to get caught up in the now. Mm -hmm. Why, you know, we shouldn't have done this, we shouldn't have done that in the in, in the very recent uh, history. Mm-hmm. But you actually need to go back to the inception of it. Yeah. And w- we need to, we need to, and, and I count us into this because I was in. Mm. I And I've, I've said it on the podcast before, uh, when the trade towers came down, I was ready to enlist to go and fight. Yeah. I was indoctrinated by that, you know. Because we, I can still remember, we were in the lounge room when we lived with our parents. Like, mm. we watched it live. Because... Mm. <clears throat> Obviously, running the pizza shop, we used to stay uh, awake until fairly late because obviously mum and dad would come home fairly late mm. or we would come home with them or whatever it was. And I can remember it was, it was breaking news on TV and we, I remember being in the lounge room watching it live. Yeah, as we it saw happened. the second tower yeah. live. So, but on net result, if we had done nothing, nothing after that, mm-hmm. like the proportion of people that would have saved, like mm. lives we would have saved exponentially greater yeah. than actually going over there. Mm-hmm. We achieved nothing. Yeah. We achieved nothing. Not a thing. Well, we achieved nothing that we... We achieved none of the objectives that we were told that we were going there to achieve. Well, we did the Osama Bin Laden thing, which again, w- w- whether you believe that he's his mastermind or whatever that relationship between the US and, and the Bin Laden family was, whatever, whatever mm. was it worth it? In my opinion, absolutely not. Yeah. None of it was. Mm-hmm. None of it was. Well, I mean, we've. Y- y- let's say that they did kill Osama bin Laden. Well, what's just happened now? Osama bin Laden has been around for 10 years, or yeah. however long it's been since we killed him. Yeah, we're still there. We're and still doing it. We're, well, we're still over there, and the as soon as you pull out, the Taliban's just come moved in and taken over. So what have you actually accomplished in that And time? I want to say, too, because there's a lot of young people that, that watch <laughs> this that, that probably don't even know what it was like during the... You know, when, when all this stuff flared up. Mm-hmm. And... Some of that sentiment carries on today. And an example I can give you is whenever there's a news report where someone gets attacked, what's the tagline they always put on it? Not sure if it's ter- terror related. Yeah. So we are still we still you we still label things mm-hmm. as terror for for the young and uninitiated. For twenty years, we fought a war on terror. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the slogan. That's a right. War on terror. Yeah. What is terror? Hey, yeah. You know, we didn't go and close down any any ghost trains. <laughs> terrifying. That's what we should have done. Yeah, right? we we didn't stop Hollywood from releasing the all the Saw, the 13, 14, yeah. 15 Saw movies. They're so, terrifying. But as crazy as that sounds, as and I'm ma- I'm, ma- I'm trying to make it sound ridiculous mm. because it was. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. We we're fighting a word. Yeah, and just but just think of the irony too, where. 
the the event that spurred this on was the September 11 attacks on America, and about was it three thousand odd people died, mm-hmm. and the justification for going to war was we need to stop these terror attacks happening again. So to stop that from happening, which the terror attack when you when you analyze it was a foreign agent entering your country and killing three thousand people. Yep. So to stop terrorist attacks from happening around the world, we entered a foreign country and we killed their people. Yeah. And and here's a statistic for you. So more US troops committed suicide in Afghanistan than the three and a half thousand people that died in mm. the Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Like, and that is shocking to me. Yeah. That is shocking. And I read that stat, that was probably 10 years ago. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know what the number is, is now. And, yeah. and this is where I get, this is where I get a little bit frustrated that there's this political and media reaction and massive overreaction mm. to things that, that happen. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a micro version uh, of this. I spoke to someone else during the week about the footballer that got stabbed. Like they... Uh, Todd Ikefu. Yeah. Mm. So kids effectively broke into the guy's <coughs> house and mm-hmm. stabbed him. And all over social media, there's people saying, I think the guy's 15 years old or something. One of the kids. Yeah, one of the. Yeah. And they're just saying he should be, he should be tried as a as a an adult, mm. and he should go away for the rest of his life. Right? There's an example of when you get emotional about something. Yeah. And you make this wildly outlandish, uh, um, uh, commentary towards it. Mm. Whereas if you if you are rational. Why is nobody asking, how did this kid get to this in the first place? Yeah. What's this hope family unit like? That's right. What does Why does he feel like at the age of 15, he needs to break into someone's house and <clears throat> even like participate in combat with a giant man? Todd yeah. Ikefu is a giant. Yeah. And there was, I think there was three of them, three kids, yeah. right? So, yeah, what are the circumstances that led up to that event first? Yeah. What, what are those circumstances? And... We've all made mistakes at 15. 100%. Now, some are more major than others, mm-hmm. but that can't be... That can't make that person's rest of their life. Yeah. Their whole life should not be moulded on one event. Yeah. And, and my argument is we... I feel like it's a... I feel like it's a Western culture thing mm-hmm. is to criticize the it's almost like our medicine right we treat the symptom not the cause yeah and, yeah and it's the same as what we do we we want we want this guy crucified because we think that's going to stop the next 15 year old kid from doing it yeah but, but it doesn't, that doesn't work no that's, that's not, not how the brain works we yeah know that but what we do know is that the chances of people going off the rails are reduced if they have a better education, mm-hmm. they have a better family unit, yep. um, they, they have uh, more opportunities, they have yep. the ability to work, the ability to get mentorship from... They family. aren't being fed fear porn all day, every day yes. on this, on social media yep. and on mainstream media and so, YouTube as well. So those things those things we know, yet that's not the conversation. And that's concerning <clears> to me. That's, I, that to me is... It, I am embarrassed to think that that's what our society has become. The... Well, the other concerning part of it is how every how how comfortable people are these days to make absolute decisions on literally every issue. 
Yeah. So we've obviously made a lot of statements on this podcast over the last 12 months as we went through last week. And I, I mentioned that I went back and I'd rewatched one of our, our videos from late last year, it was November last year. And we had made some statements on that as well. And a lot of those statements have turned out to be true mm. because a lot of research goes into those statements before mm. we make them. Like we understand that it is important to, if you're going to make a call on something, you fucking better have done some research behind it. Yeah, yeah. It's ba- it's based on something, not a feeling. Yeah, it's yeah, it's facts, not feelings. Yeah. And look, there's a bit of feeling involved in it because, and it's not really feeling. It's it's watching trends and trying to extrapolate those out into the future. The feeling gets you to investigate. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, but you just you scroll through a social media feed and it'll be a news story about literally anything. And no one's got the facts on it because no one was there. No one knows the players, but everyone speaks in absolutes now. Yeah, it's not like I went. It is very rare to see someone comment on this and go, "Fuck, I wonder what, wonder what really happened." Like, obviously, it's horrible to think that a family got attacked in their own home. That's yeah, yeah. horrible. And the law, no has, one's saying they're not. There's a law framework to yeah. look after that part. Yeah, that's right. But for for the for the the mob to say let's tear this kid apart mm. that that is wild to me yeah that is uh, a, a um that is a, a like an animalistic response well this is like I, I shared that video uh the other day on on facebook about mass psychosis and how how that occurs and mm. I, I would assume that the majority of people haven't watched it but it's really interesting i'll put a link for it in the in the show notes on this video but what it speaks about is how uh, a massive group of people can be manipulated into going into these like mass psychosis-like states, which I think we're seeing a lot uh, at the moment. And what it referenced in the past when this has happened is the witch hunts in the like was it fifteen hundreds or, or whatever. So, so again, kids who are too too young to realise this and maybe haven't heard about it. Uh, there was a period of time where people were so convinced that some women were witches, they would burn women at the stake mm. and and were like in this rabble-rousing group where they were hunting down women. And like one of the old tests as to whether or not a woman was a witch was they would put you in a cage and they would submerse you underwater. Things like a dunking stool. I think that's what it was yeah, called, okay. Yeah. And if you floated, you're a witch and they burnt you alive. If you didn't float, you just died anyway of, of drowning. Like, and so when people think that it's not possible for human beings to get into these mass psychosis-like states, it's happened before. It happens all the time. And the thing that this video goes into, which I find really interesting, is the means to create an environment where that can happen again. There, there are so many more ways to do that these days because we have constant access to us yeah. all the time. So you need to take an audit of the content that you're consuming. You really, really do. One of my biggest concerns about, um, like, the, let's call it the vaccine debate at the moment. I don't want to get into it. Whatever side you're on, I don't care. Love you anyway. I put a similar post up the other yeah. day. But my major concern is this. You don't have to ruin every relationship that you've got with someone who disagrees with you. Yeah. And which is what we're seeing. Yeah. And it's it's... It's disgusting. It shouldn't happen. It's really sad. Yeah. And here's a challenge for the week. Every single one of you will know what side of the debate you're on. 
And every single one of you will know at least one person that you consider a friend or maybe used to consider a friend who's on the other side of the debate. Here's a challenge for the week. Reach out to that person and have a normal conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remind that person why you guys used to be mates in the first place. And remind yourself why you used to be mates in the first place. Because... It's the age-old saying of divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And getting back to the Afghanistan thing, it's what it's what we're we're seeing it again. I'm getting fucking flashbacks with all the media reports. Cronulla riots. Yeah. All stemmed from <laughs> a hatred towards Islam. Yep. Out, out, out of all this. That's right. With, and it, that mob rule. That was that was yeah. a, an example of mob rule. Yeah. Not based on anything but pure emotion. Mm. And 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 uh, manipulated by mm-hmm. the media, they're telling us we should be scared about it. They yeah. still talk about it today. That's right. Well, so if, if if a brown person stabs someone, mm-hmm. terrorist. <clears throat> if a white person stabs someone, mental health. Mental health issues. Yeah. Right. So so just we need to be aware that yeah. this kind of thing happened. And at the end of the day, like what you said is so important. We we should be connecting like now more than ever. Mm-hmm. We need to connect with people. Mm-hmm. We got these people in lockdowns in um, New South Wales and and Victoria and, and, and Victoria. If you've got friends down there and you're in the like the relatively free state of Queensland, mm-hmm. ring them. Yeah, reach out to them. Reach out to them. Make sure they're okay. Yeah. Talk to them. Give them some semblance of like of like what it's like mm. to be to be out. Yeah, we need to connect more now than ever. Yeah, and that that is the it's, issue because this it, is the first time we've been physically disconnected. That's right. And and just think of the rhetoric that we've been hearing for the last eighteen months, like stay apart stay apart yeah, from each don't other talk to your you don't talk to your neighbor stay away from them like i, I heard a, a bit of a press conference from gladys berejiklian the other day where she was literally saying if you come into contact with anyone you need to assume that they've got the virus yeah. or that you've got the virus and it's like what is the virus is this fucking rhetoric that's the that, real that virus. Is, that is virus that's why i shared those statistics like we're being told every single day that Delta variant is more transmissible and more deadly, and they publicise all of all of the deaths from it. And every single death from it, if it is actually from it, because oftentimes they say died with COVID, not died from COVID, which is language is very important. Mm. Uh, but they publicise all of that stuff. But the facts are this: so far this year, we have had thirteen thousand eight hundred twenty cases of COVID, probably raised by the time you guys watch this video, and we've had sixty six deaths. Yeah, that is zero point four seven percent death rate. Last year, at, at the 31st of August, we had 724 deaths already. Yeah. Now, there's a big reason why that happened. Because last year, we didn't know what COVID was. Hospitals didn't know how to treat it. Slash were being told by the World Health Organization that the treatment plan was literally paracetamol and, ibupro- uh, paracetamol and ibuprofen. And if they got really bad, put them on a ventilator. Mm-hmm. We've got early interventions now. Mm. Like the shout out to all of the medical community mm. and the hospital staff and the nurses. I know you guys are struggling. You're doing an amazing job. And I and the biggest the biggest problem that I see out of all of this stuff is we're being pushed to breaking point so that in the, the video that I'll, I'm going to put that, I'm going to keep coming back to it, talks about it. What happens is this. We all get backed into a corner by the, the rhetoric, by the, you know, the constant press conferences and the constant media spin on it and all that sort of shit. And it gets to a point where they take everything away from you. They lock you down in your house. They prevent you from being able to open your business. We're now talking about discriminating uh, against people based on vaccination status mm. as to whether or not they can go to work, as to whether or not their children can go to school. And 
slowly but surely, I, I spoke about drip feeding last year. Mm. We're at a point now where people are accepting this as okay. Yeah. For their own safety. Yeah. But you've got to get back to the stats. The stats say 0.47% death rate this year, yeah. which means we know what we're doing. We, we've had cases. Mm. We've had thir- almost 14,000 cases. A lot of these people are just isolated in home quarantine. If it's such a deadly virus, wouldn't every single person be in a hospital? Yeah. Oh, and when they keep talking about how we're running short of hospital beds, I checked the other day, the statistics. So we've got like 960-something hospitals in Australia, public hospitals. We've got 62,000 hospital beds. Where there's about 500 people in hospital Australia-wide at the moment yeah. with COVID. So what I want to keep getting back to, stop letting the spin... Dictate your emotion. Dictate your emotion. Because isn't here's an interesting, and I know I'm rambling a little bit here and I'm going off topic, but there's an interesting similar correlation to road rage. So I remember reading a study about why people participate in road rage. Because road rage is a really interesting phenomenon where normally calm, non-confrontational people can get behind the wheel, someone cuts them off and they're on the horn and they're, they're given the finger and they turn into monsters, right? And it's always been this really interesting phenomenon. And they believe that the reason why that happens is because your brain... Like, human beings, we're not built to go as fast as a car goes, right? right? So when we are going, when we are at speed and we know that we are at the mercy of the drivers around us too, because if you're on the highway, it's got four lanes and there's a thousand cars on there going with you, you can only control yourself. So if someone else crashes into you, then, you know, that's, that, so that's a real possibility. Anyone who drives the M1 every day knows it's a possibility. Yeah. So what that does, that sends your brain into fight or flight mode. So you're constantly in this fight or flight mode. Your adrenaline spikes, your cortisol, which is your stress hormone spikes. And when you're driving, you're in this fight or flight mode. So then when the smallest thing happens, which could be someone cutting you off, you perceive that as a direct threat and you act accordingly. And so that's why these people are flipping out off the handle because they're already in that fight or flight mode. And the one little thing that happens pushes them over the edge. Yeah, I've been, I've witnessed it. It Hmm. happened to me. Okay. And to the point, like, I, the guy's eyes, he's at my window, punching my window, mm-hmm. and I had done nothing. I yeah. don't know if he'd mistaken me for another mm-hmm. car, or the, the his, like, his wife that was in the car, she wouldn't look at me when I was yeah. next to it, and I'm wondering if, the only thing I can think of after all these years, this is 15 years ago, mm. is like, she went, oh, by the way, I've been having an affair with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but the rage, his face yeah. was red and his eyes were looking straight through me and yeah. he was he about to break his hand punching yeah. the window like that's not human no you know, that's not it's, a human response. that is that is an irrational part of your brain which is an old school deep-seated part in your amygdala which is designed to keep you safe when you're perceiving real threat mm. so that's that's the bit that probably todd ikefu channeled when his family's being attacked and he fought off three teenage yeah kids with knives and machetes and shit yeah right and it's got a purpose for sure it absolutely has a purpose because sometimes the shit goes down and you need to have that as a call to action the problem is that part of your brain's being tapped into every single day by the media by the government to control your behaviors Mm. and that video which i'll reference again it goes through one of the most effective ways to keep tapping into that part of the brain is if you put a threat out there and then you take it away 
and then you put the threat back out there again and then you take it away. And then you put the threat back out there again and you take it away. So people are already primed to perceive that threat as soon as it gets mentioned again. Mm. And we're getting that with things like lockdowns. So they lock us down because it's a major threat and then they take the lockdowns away and we all relax. And then they lock us down again because we've got one case and then they take it away and we relax. So you're already being primed. That, that part of your amygdala is swelling up to the point that the, the, then you get to the point where you feel like people who you've never met before, who you'll never interact with, who really have, nothing to do with have nothing to do with you, them not getting vaccinated is a threat to you. Yeah. And yeah. that's where we're at. And you need to understand if you've got those feelings, they are normal, but you need to take an audit of yourself. Yeah, for sure. And you need to stop villainizing people that you actually know and love. Because I, I don't know about you, my, my social media, um, like friends on Facebook, for example, I'm only friends with them for a reason because I know them and I like them. Yeah. So there's no one on my friends list that I want to come to harm. No one. Yeah. Fuck some of the stuff I see on there is aggressive. Yeah. You know? And I believe that some of that aggression is coming from that part of the brains, which is, is just locking people in this fight or flight mode. And then now you've got this, our, our governmental overlords are giving us the way out. You can, all of this pain can stop. You just need to do this one thing for us. Mm. Now, that one thing... 18 months ago was two weeks at home to flatten the curve. Mm, mm, mm. But notice how that one thing that the, the carrot keeps moving, mm. the goalposts keep, the goalposts keep moving. So we got, we got some fat cat sitting on our backs with the fishing rod over us, with the carrot dangling in front of us. And we keep chasing this carrot, but obviously the carrot moves with, with us. Mm. Uh, that's where we're at. Yeah. I think, I think the friends thing is the most important because I'm hearing a lot of like so forget uh, forget the outlandish uh you know um f- facebook posts and things like yeah. that but i i know of some people that have cut people out of their network because of their beliefs on this mm-hmm. and that is wild yeah you are friends for a reason yeah right like build that connection we yeah. need to build that connection more now than ever yeah. the connection is more important than anything else that's right i'll say that and just just think about that like Two years ago, if someone didn't get the flu jab, would you have defriended them forever? Yeah, no one would have cared. No. No one, no one would have cared. We, we are, it, it's divide and conquer, and yep. it's working. It's working. The, the media machine is working. It is turning normal, rational, loving people against each other as a means to an end. Question, does the news, is the news a public service? No. Yeah. It's, it's on commercial television. Yeah, so how, explain how that works. So... So who pays the media? Uh, it's advertisers. It's right. a, It's an advertising model. And do advertisers pay if people don't watch? Generally, no. They pay a lower amount. So that's why the television has things called ratings. Right. So ratings is how many eyeballs you get on your show in key demographics, which is what advertisers are trying to target their advertising to, to sell certain products to certain clients. Mm. Yeah. So it's not like a public utility. It's not like no necessarily the facts. It's what mm. gets them... Yes. Now there is there is ABC, which is the the public broadcaster, which is funded by the government. So, so the government doesn't even talk to them. <laughs> no. 
Well, yeah, I do know what that. What happened with that? Did you did you follow that any further? Uh, I... just, just to paint a bit of a picture, the ABC was sort of whinging for a bit because a lot of the politicians that they had organised interviews with had said, no, no, we can't be on. And they appear on every other network. Or something, and then, yeah, yeah. they go on the commercial line. I believe... Okay, so this is me trying to draw a couple of points together and and make a call on something, so take it with a grain of salt. But I believe that it all started to change earlier this year because two main thing happened. Uh, main things happened. Number one, were, I believe that the federal government cut some of the funding to the ABC, right. which obviously the ABC was a bit shirty about. Yeah. And I believe the other thing was how the ABC handled the Christian Porter scandal. Ah, right, 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 right. Because you've obviously got Christian Porter suing the ABC for the way that... And, and who's Christian Porter, you might ask? Well, six months ago is all we could talk about. So, yeah. and you see how that's gone out of the news cycle now when it's convenient. But I believe that that's part of the case. Yeah, okay. Is obviously... I could even see from a macro level how that would be a little bit awkward. Like, oh, well... You kind of did this wrong. He's suing you for it. I don't really want to. Well, when you've got your public broadcaster, which is uh, funded by the government, doing hit jobs on major government officials, and then you wonder why other major government officials don't want to appear on your yeah, show, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can kind of understand that. So, look, I, I think there's a lot to be taken out of that. But, but again, the other thing too that you have to consider with a government-funded broadcaster is what message are they going to be broadcasting? Is it going to be the absolute 100% unbiased truth or will it maybe have a bit of a pro-government slant to it? So, Can I talk to you about another another spin uh, thing which I find interesting? Shane Warne, the spin king. He is the spin king. Suspiciously quiet at the moment. Actually, he was involved in a, uh, a naked image scandal recently. Did you hear about it? No. So some well, that'll be a good segue into my things. I okay, so some photos of Shane Warne back in the day. So they're old; they're not new. Mullet, fat Shane Warne. Uh, no, he was in pretty good shape, but Lob- he lobster skinned. Yeah, <laughs> he was still on the durries. He was on the diuretics at the time. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but they were, <laughs> they were, images of him involved in a menage a trois mm. have just all of a sudden resurfaced, and he was in good shape at the time too. Yeah. But, like, no one cares. Because no everyone's just like, yeah, he was the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Shane. Well done. But that was, like, two weeks ago. Okay, I didn't hear yeah. it. It was not on my feed. Obviously, it wasn't big news. So, so did you hear about what's happening with OnlyFans? Yes. Now, tell me what you know about it. So, from... From what I know, uh, OnlyFans has recently announced that they will be stopping the uh, the selling of explicit video content due to complaints from their payment providers like banks and etc. Because the, something similar happened, I think, with Pornhub and stuff recently, didn't it? Where certain providers i think their shareholders are saying we don't want to be involved in the they've always battled that that's yeah the selling of of explicit material so where we want to pull the ability for you yeah so my like i i tried to dig in a little bit deeper because i'm going that's their business model and if 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 that's the part that they're going to get rid of they hang there's no business okay yeah so what i can see is that it's about child exploitation okay because, like, the, using the Pornhub uh, example, mm-hmm. they're still operating. Yeah. Okay, and there's still 
lots and lots and lots lots and lots and lots and lots so I hear mm. of content that's on there is there uh, anecdotal evidence yes <laughs> did you say Alex Donal evidence <laughs> <laughs> so but I also I also wonder if this is a technique to manipulate the upcoming IPO so okay. let's be real mm-hmm. is the bank really going to stop payment processing no. of a 20 billion dollar business no why would you? No. If you're if you're getting a fee kickback on every single payment that you on transfer, every single like, transfer, and, and we banks were processing payments to fucking like third world countries for years where where child pornography was coming from, yep. and only stopped when they got caught. So I don't I don't Is think it any different to buying a pair of Nikes online. No, but you know, it's not getting too into, into the weeds. Yeah, but yeah. so I I I'm trying to have a look at this like. Is the bigger picture uh, market manipulation? Because, so you received the information, like I thought most people would receive the information. They're not going to do porn anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, give you the tip. If they don't do, they don't do porn, it's, it should be called no ling fans. There'll be no fans. Yeah. Okay. So what else is it? I've got a theory on it. But I'll let you finish. I my theory is that it's it's just a thing to throw out there to say, hey, there's some massive flaws in this business model. Mm-hmm. It's not really worth what the the valuation would be mm-hmm. if it was left unencumbered. Mm-hmm. So it, it's leading up to an IPO. It could be one of the biggest IPOs of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably easily like top five IPOs of the year. Mm-hmm. I feel like is there some is there some naughtiness going on by some hedge funds that are trying to get it priced correctly so they can get a piece of it and then when they know that all that, then the news can come out after and say, oh, no, 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 it was just about this specific slither of it. The news news won't even come out after. It'll just move on to the next part of the news cycle. If they push the news and then the investors jump back on, then, so if you lower the IPO price, Mm -hmm. the valuation, a bunch of hedge funds go in, buy it at X, Mm -hmm. because they... Um, it's it's a devalued thing because they're going to remove mm-hmm. the part that makes them a business. Oh, by the way, no that that thing that we we're worried about was only point zero zero one percent of the child exploitation, which OnlyFans is committed to creating an algorithm to get rid of. Yeah, so we're all good now. Yeah, we're going to be using Apple's search technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hot tip for finance heads: get in on the OnlyFans IPO because it's going to be artificially cheaper than it should be. Never get in on an IPO because if you can get in on an IPO, the hedge fund wants you to be there. Yeah. I had another theory. Okay. And my theory was that there there is some shadiness going on from larger establishment powers that be because OnlyFans has posed a problem to the establishment in that it is only fans has really become sort of like the crypto blockchain of pornography. It, not so much crypto blockchain. I would say it is the democratization of the sex industry. Yeah. So you can go. So for now, like porn stars who used to get paid, however much they got paid to film a video for a big porn company and then get nothing after that. They can now go direct to consumer and are making a fucking fortune. Yeah, they keep it. it. That's right. Or oh, I think I think um, I think OnlyFans takes a thirty percent clip. Okay, 
but for the for the platform. But I'm pretty sure the managers were taking a forty percent clip, and they only and like you said, once they had done the job, then there was nothing. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. you're not getting any. It's not like an NFT where they're going to be paying you Correct. in in perpetuity. And, and this, they're building an archive that lives forever. That's right. They, they can keep monetizing. Yeah, yeah. So that's why that's why I called it the yeah. democratization of sex work because right. it is it's taking the middle people out of yeah uh, out of the loop so and again this is an assumption too but uh are there is there like free pornography available on the internet i think so okay and are there ads on those sites that like do you get shown ads when you go and watch free I pornography don't. I don't know what you're about. i'm just asking like do you have a friend who's who's visited any of these sites before uh i I, I've heard, I think I've seen some screenshots yeah, okay. with, and I believe there's advertising. Like okay, that. okay. So so in other words, if you were able to pay your actors and actresses a once-off fee to then be able to uh, create and hold an archive of footage in perpetuity, which you could then have ad banners and run ads at the beginning of content or even during content, in perpetuity, that would be a pretty good business model? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay. So if your same actresses and actors stopped coming to you begging for a job to get paid a couple of grand or whatever it is and were then directly marketing direct-to-consumer and taking 70% of the profit mm. because OnlyFans is taking a 30% clip, mm. could that potentially affect your business model? Yeah, absolutely. That, that was part of my theory. The other part of it too is it's not just the normal porn stars it's the regular people who are making massive bank now instead of going and working the shitty seven dollar an hour jobs in the states yeah interesting so the the economy will be potentially struggling because you need desperate people to do the shit kicker work yeah and if a lot of if a if a large percentage of these previously desperate people can now make massive amounts of income from flashing their minge from the comfort of their own home, which is great, especially during COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. It's really been a way for people to make money yeah. who, who had that taken away from them. It's really hard to get the old system running again when you don't have the, the cannon fodder to do it. Can we talk about that gender equality? Because I'll give you the tip. If I start on OnlyFans... I'll go broke. <laughs> can we? Can we be well, real about no, that? don't don't sell yourself short. Because at the end of the day, the there's some weirdo out there who's like, I'll see that guy's feet. Well, yeah. The let's be real. Ninety five percent of the the consumers of OnlyFans would be blokes. So whether blokes are uh, straight or gay, uh, straight or gay, yeah, there's the two. Yeah, uh, you could still make bank because you'll be someone's cup of tea. Okay, so put in the comments, do you think I should start an OnlyFans? Should I start an OnlyFans for my finance stuff? Because at the moment I'm giving all the finance tips out for free, mm. maybe I can monetize it on OnlyFans. And you can see my feet. <laughs> yeah, do it. Put in the comments, if, yeah. do you think I should start an OnlyFans? An only finance fans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, I, I think that's a real thing. I think that... That could be. That could be. There's... 
And, because and, again, why? What, so why has cryptocurrency been demonized? Because it is a peer-to-peer service yeah. which cuts out the establishment. Democratizes that, finance. That's right. So that's that's why it's been demonized. And they've tried really, really hard to get rid of it, but it still keeps ruining its head because you, you can't kill it, which is a great thing. I feel like OnlyFans becoming a peer-to-peer service, pulling out, like getting rid of the traditional establishment, mm. that's caused problems for a lot of people. Did you see what Snowden tweeted about it? About the oh, yeah, story. the Bitcoin solves Bitcoin this problem. Solves this. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I love it. And if you were OnlyFans, would you not go, oh, fuck, we're just going to convert to Bitcoin then? Could do. Why wouldn't you? Could do. Mm. My OnlyFans, if you guys think I should have one, I'd accept Bitcoin somehow. I'd figure it out. I'd write my, I'd know what I'd do. I'd put my cryptographic um, uh, Bitcoin address on the bottom of my foot. <laughs> oh, problem is, problem oh. is, you'd write it on your foot the normal way and then it would show on the camera <laughs> and they'd send the money to someone else. <laughs> I'll put a QR, I'm going to tattoo a QR code to the bottom of my foot, but in reverse because I ain't no idiot. Yeah, yeah. But no, look, that's that's a really interesting story and it's... But watch, let's watch this. So Yeah, so, watch this space. This is this is what I like. Well, we like to do. Yeah, we like to raise a raise a topic, mm-hmm. break the topic down, predict potential outcomes. Yeah, watch what those outcomes are, and then sort of reassess our yeah. That's model. right. The the modelling. Yeah. Yeah. So I got uh, John. John, another prediction. Yeah. Vaccine related. Yeah. So one of the interesting parts of the vaccine debate, which is happening at the moment, is the fact that... So Australia is starting to ramp up vaccine efforts because everyone in Sydney has been so scared they have to go and get them. Not one time have I heard on mainstream Australian media about how a lot of overseas markets are starting to go into booster shots. Mm -hmm. Now, booster shots problematic for multiple reasons. The first reason I'm going to pull on is if you're pro-vaccine... Booster shots cause a real problem when it comes to the COVAX scheme. Because originally, if you'll all remember, the COVAX scheme was was brought in by Bill Gates where because they protected patents on all the for all the vaccine companies right. so they could make bank. And what the scheme was supposed to do was the rich countries that were supposed to pay for all the vaccines, they would get vaccinated first and then they would donate all of their vaccines to the poor yeah. countries. So now for the talking about booster shots. Well, that means that if you're talking third shot, well, that's more time that these poor countries have yeah. to wait when they haven't even had one vaccine. Yeah. So if you're pro-vaccine, then that's obviously problematic. Yeah. But the other interesting thing is that, so we're not talking about booster shots in Australia at the moment. We're pretending that the rest of the world isn't being forced to take them. Yeah. Because it's not suitable, it doesn't work for the narrative over here because then it just creates more vaccine hesitancy, yeah. right? Because if people are going, well, like there's places like Israel which have got extremely high vaccination rates and it's shown that the protection from the vaccine has waned in six months and they're already handing out booster shots, mm-hmm. a third shot now, is the vaccine really doing what we had it marketed to yeah. us to it's do in the first place? It's a hard sell to get a third shot when the... Most of us haven't even got the first. That's right. Yeah. So here's my prediction. Right. So we'll be talking booster shots, and I think we'll be talking booster shots somewhere towards the end of first quarter next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the leading re- up to winter. Leading up to winter. Yeah. Because 
some of the other data and numbers that have been sort of obfuscated is so we're obviously we're having a, a massive surge in New South Wales at the moment and people are dying and it's super unfortunate. But if you go back and you have a look at the actual data and the graphs of when the deaths have occurred, the majority of the deaths occurred in the first six months of last year when, when the mm. pandemic first started. Post winter last year in Australia, we had relatively no deaths for mm. probably eight months, eight, mm. nine months. You had a couple of blips here and there, yep. but cases were down, deaths were down. Now this year... Well, you the, first one, the first one in 2021 was a guy in Queensland who had was living in Thailand and just came over yeah. here because he was sick. Yeah, yeah. But you need to consider that all of the cases and deaths pretty much went down to next to nothing before the vaccine rollout began. Because vaccine rollout didn't start until the 22nd of February this year. Mm. Okay? So then there was the call to action for everyone to go and get vaccinated. Now, what my concern is is this. Uh, I've mentioned on the podcast before... In my limited understanding of virology, the way viruses tend to mutate is that the more they mutate, the more infectious they become, but the less deadly they become. Mm. And the theory is, is that a virus's primary goal is to survive and to spread. So it gets to a point where the virus starts to understand there is no benefit to killing your host because then you die. If you've got no host, you die along with it. So as the viruses tend to mutate, and this has happened in Every other respiratory virus in history, Mm -hmm. as they start to mutate, they become more infectious and less deadly. And that's being reflected in the numbers this year. Mm. Because, let's be honest, we keep being told every single day how shit our vaccine rollout has been. So the vaccinated population is still relatively low. So the numbers that you see on TV as well, where they're like, oh, it's 20% over over 16, it's the 20% of the eligible people in phase 1B of the vaccine rollout at the moment who have had it. Yeah. So it's not 20% of the whole population, but again, this is another uh, another persuasion thing where if you think everyone else is doing it, you're more likely to do it as well because people want to be part of the crowd. So what my concern is, is that the government and the media will say that the reason why 2021 we've had far less deaths than we had in 2020 was because of the vaccine. But it's actually not the case. I believe a big part of it is the natural progression of the virus where it's mutated into Delta variant. It's become more transmissible, but has become less deadly. And the data supports Mm. that already. The thing you could argue, though, is like the massive amount of lockdown. You could absolutely argue that. But we did have lockdowns last year, too. Yeah. So there's a, there's other factors as well. Sure. Like I said earlier, the hospitals actually knowing how to treat people yep. that have got it. Um, but so what I'm finding interesting when I look overseas, so I looked at Israel, I've looked at America, and I've looked at the UK. So Israel has Israel's had, number one, right? They're the they were the ones in terms of like the quickest ones to get the aid. Yeah, and what's really interesting too is how the rhetoric has changed in regards to Israel's numbers because I've been I've been watching a lot of content which is pro vaccine content because I want to be exposed to both sides and I've been watching it for many months and at the beginning of or not even the beginning but three to four months into Israel's rollout they were talking about how 90% of people in Israel had had at least one dose and how it was like 60 or 70% had two doses and how good is this and blah 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 so if you if you go and have a look at the numbers and do some research Israel's had massive surges in cases and their breakthrough cases because obviously you've got such a high population that are being vaccinated uh, that means that if, if it does spread, then there's going to be a large percentage of those people who have already been vaccinated. Now, 
the same people that I've been following who were talking about how good the numbers were started pulling the numbers back. They're like, oh, it's important to remember that Israel, they only have about 60% of people who have had one dose, and so the numbers oh, are pulled really? back. Because right? that's not the Google number, because I checked the Google number, which right. has the first and second dose. Yeah, okay. I think the, uh, the f- first dose was over, like, uh, late 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then the second dose was something like, 70 or 80 or something like that yeah so uh, again so watching these videos now that now that doesn't support the pro vaccine narrative sure. so they've pulled some of the numbers back to make it seem like mm. it's not as not as big a deal and they keep trying to say it's a it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated well vaccinated unvaccinated are still getting delta that's been proven overseas uh, even in America, so the CDC leaked a report that was saying they were getting 35,000 breakthrough infections every week. So a breakthrough infection is when a vaccinated person still gets the virus. Mm-hmm. That, that data hasn't been updated for like three months. Mm-hmm. So they're still, they're still saying that that's a low amount, but they haven't actually updated the numbers yet. So anyway, what am I saying? It is not, in my opinion, it is not a coincidence that countries who are overseas that are coming into their colder months are starting to talk about the waning effects of the vaccines as a call to action to get people to go and take it. Mm. Because respiratory viruses uh, transmit far more in the colder months than they do in Mm -hmm. the warmer months because people are forced inside more, they're in close proximity, and that's how these things spread. So... Predictions for Australia, by the end of this year, we'll have hit whatever percentage it is that, that we've been being told that we've hit. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be a real number because plenty of people out there are being scared into, into going and getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether or not that number is actually as high as we think, because again... It's it won't a, matter. It, it won't matter. Whatever right. the, the, the listed number will be gospel. Yeah, it'll, it'll be what it'll be. But... Towards the end of the, the first quarter next year, I feel we will then be starting to be to being told about the need to boost the shots, and there'll be there's always new studies that come out. It's amazing how many studies are going on all at the same time when they're not studying any of the antivirals that we've spoken about mm. on the podcast before. But new studies are coming out saying that vaccine effectiveness is starting to wane, so we need to talk about booster shots. And the reason that they want to talk about booster shots is coming into the winter months, and then there'll be another surge of cases. Mm. Cases will surge again because that's what happens. You'll have less deaths again because by then it'll be gamma variant or whatever Greek alphabet yeah. we're up to. And there'll would be... Omega sue if they if they called it Omega variant? If we get to Omega variant, would the watch company Omega say, no, we're not having it? Well, if I was Delta Gildrum, I'd be fucking livid. At yeah, the moment. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, someone, made that, someone had that on Facebook. like... Uh, of voting like which which artist is the best and she wrote delta not the virus <laughs> yeah well hey delta goodrum's pretty catchy too yeah, yeah yeah uh but yeah so there'll be another variant that comes out there'll be a surge of cases there'll be way less deaths and they'll be applauding themselves and patting themselves on the back going great news guys it's because we got vaccinated mm-hmm. but it'll just in my opinion and again i'm not a doctor but i've just paid very close attention to this situation for 18 months because i'm a stay-at-home dad i've got no nothing else to do mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that the virus itself is just going to keep mutating to a point where it'll infect a lot of people and we'll still, we just won't have the deaths. And they'll blame the vaccines for it, but, you know, you'll have to piece together what the real reasons are for yourself. Because mm. yeah. we've already seen that this year. Oh, yeah. So that that's my prediction. Let's see. Let's yeah. see. Fire off in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Fire off. But, but remember, we love you. 
we we're yeah. all friends. Whether whether you, you you do you, and that's okay. That's that's something that I, I want to say as a point too is allow people to make their own decisions. Yep. We're all adults. I mean, I, I make these videos as not for kids on YouTube, so no kids listen to it. We're all adults. We've all gone to a certain no age. kids are going to get your 55 reference. <laughs> yeah. They, they should. Bring they, it back. Group X. They weren't born. Group X, 55. Um, but allow people to make their own decisions. And it's it's funny too, the, some of the... And, and, and like, obviously, we've made our, our position on this pretty, pretty clear the whole time. We've been fairly consistent in that. Now, I'm just going to reiterate, if you want to get vaccinated to protect yourself, get vaccinated. Mm. Totally fine. It's your decision. If you, if you have no adverse effects to it, that's great. Don't pretend that just because you had no adverse effects to it that no one else is going to because there's already been documented adverse events. Yeah. Um, I mean... 1.2 million yeah i mean there's there's at the moment the tga safety report says there's been 460 reports of death shortly after vaccination only seven of those have been absolutely linked to immunization now to consider this seven deaths 100 percent linked to immunization well we've only had seven deaths in queensland total from covid in the entire pandemic yeah so even if it's not all 460 people that they've listed as dying, dying shortly after the vaccine, even if it's just seven, that's now equal with Queensland. And Queensland only had cases this year anyway. We didn't yeah. get any cases last year. So in the 2021 sweepstakes at the moment, so far, we're neck and neck for COVID-related and vaccine-related injuries or deaths. So I just want to say... Make the decisions that are right for you. If you do want to get vaccinated, that's totally fine. Please try to go outside of the Google and YouTube uh, ecosystem to get information because Malcolm Roberts mentioned it in Parliament, I think it was about a week ago, that Alphabet, which is the company that owns YouTube and that owns Google, also has, I think it's a 12% share in AstraZeneca. So you need to consider that there might be some sort of conflict of interest there when it comes was, to the spreading of information. I was shocked to see who's who's bought in to AstraZeneca mm. and rec- how recently. Yeah. Every major Australian bank and financial institution mm-hmm. all has a large piece. Yeah. And, and the... I Not since the Bitcoin surge of 2017 have I seen a graph go as, mm. as quickly up as what that one has. Have you? Oh, do you, we would have heard the story this week too that AstraZeneca is rebranding its name this week. No. Oh, you didn't hear about that. No. So they are calling it. I can't remember what the name is, but you'll see it in the news over the next coming coming days. But AstraZeneca, because AstraZeneca is not the company name. AstraZeneca is the name of the the product, the actual product. The company name is is Vaxitech or something. Right. I can't remember. But they're changing the name of AstraZeneca to the same name they use in the UK. And the the idea is that with coming vaccine passports, that they oh, it needs to line up and have continuity so that if you've been vaccinated with AstraZeneca over here, they might not recognise it. Yeah, right. Um, vaccine passport also, also has the ability to have a clear test. So not vaccinated, have a clear... Yeah, which you just won't hear about. Yeah, but because I spoke... Uh, I was talking to a friend in Canada mm. who was going to get it purely because of travel. Mm-hmm. 
And then he came back to me and goes, dude, I didn't read the fine print. And there it is as clear as yeah. day or a clear test, which they do at the, at the airport. That's so right. And, and the fine print is not being spoken out loud because it, it doesn't support yes. what they're trying to do. But the other thing too that uh, I, I feel the reason why the name change is because AstraZeneca's got a pretty bad name yeah. in Australia. Because at the moment, the only deaths they're counting is vaccine-related deaths are from AstraZeneca. They're not counting anything that's maybe Pfizer-related. There was the myocarditis one that's on the... That was a Pfizer one, wasn't it? On on TGA? Uh, they they have not classified any any death in regards to myocarditis as a vaccine-related death. They're only classifying the ones which are TTS, the thrombosis, the blood clotting right. stuff. Okay. And the reason for that is because the, the burden of proof on a vaccine-related death is held very differently to that of a COVID-related death. So... And this is specifically written on the Australian government websites as well, where with with a, with a potential vaccine-related death, if there's any other secondary uh, con- condition at, at all, they will say it's not directly linked to vaccination. Mm. If it's a COVID-related death, unless you can 100% rule out every other secondary condition, it's classed as a COVID-related death. So the burden of proof is completely different. That triggered me. Was it this week? Uh, no, was it last week or the week Is this before? week the 15-year-old the kid? The 15-year-old boy, you've all heard about it, died <clears throat> yep. with COVID-19. And it wasn't until the very, very tail end of the later reporting of it mm-hmm. that he's been in intensive care prior to all this. He's got yep. um, viral meningitis. Yep. He had something else as well. But that it fired off our amygdala it mm-hmm. got it got us thinking off oh, now 15 year old because died. and they, he was listed everywhere that because used as a yeah and and you'll notice that the marketing campaigns kicked into gear because so consider if you're a vaccine company trying to sell vaccines so up until now and something else to consider too australia is a small fish when it comes to being a global market mm-hmm. this is a global like uh, pandemic global response that's right it's global response so we are small fish they don't really care that much about australia but these vaccine companies you've already pretty much hit your threshold to what you're going to be able to sell in the major markets so the uk america israel these these cu- countries that have high populations that have taken up high uptake of vaccines the people who want to be vaccinated are already vaccinated in these company in these countries, so that's why overseas are talking about booster shots because otherwise you've got nothing else to sell. Yeah. Right. Now in Australia, we have such a low uptake of vaccines so far, and they're claiming it's because of the bungled rollout. To be honest, I don't believe for a second that we've ever had a shortage of vaccines. I believe it's one of the oldest tricks in the book of FOMO. If I was sitting in a boardroom going. We got this great new vaccine. How are we going to sell it? The first thing I'd say is tell the people they can't have it. It's funny because I would say for every one person in my network that has said that there is a long delay to get it, I've had five people just walk down and get it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I believe I believe that the shortage is potentially manufactured because it just it lines up perfectly with the fear porn we go 15 year old kid died with covid oh there's vaccine shortages just get whatever vaccine that you can yeah and it's it's to drive that that, those sales but you'll also notice too in the media recently all of a sudden like literally overnight in the last couple of weeks now kids have started getting covid Mm. just all of a sudden we never heard about children getting covid throughout the entire pandemic but now all of a sudden so we had the indrapilly school cluster Mm. no deaths I haven't heard of any serious, significant, ongoing issues for any of these kids that have had it, which you fucking would if they were yeah. if they were the case. Let's be honest. 
So all of a sudden overnight, we started hearing about how, how COVID's affecting children. And then you got the 15-year-old who died with COVID. Now, just on that point, before I continue, uh, we have a, an old line in sales is that every word is a weapon. It can either be used for you or against you. So language is extremely important. So when they say die with and keep an ear out for that keyword, if you hear any other reports, if they say with rather than from, you know it's, yeah. it's, a, it's problematic, right? So all of a sudden we've started hearing about all these kids that are being affected by COVID. And, and we're hearing the, the rhetoric, I don't know if you've heard much of it, but about long COVID. And they're like, oh, we don't know what the yeah. after effects of yeah. long COVID are going to be. So we don't know about the after effects of long COVID, but we also don't know about the after effects of long vaccination. But yeah. again, the burden of proof is heavily stacked one way rather than sure. the other. Now, read, there was a news story which I think kind of just disappeared into the ether over the last few weeks. Where So we have just recently approved Moderna for use in Australia. Yeah. And Moderna was wanting to do trials on children between the ages of six months and 12 years old. And Australia was put up as one of the places that they wanted to do these Mm -hmm. trials. Now, I didn't hear a lot about it, but it was reported on TV. I I did see some stuff written on TV about it. And suitably was followed up by all of these experts that were talking about, oh, kids are being affected now, and right? So Mm -hmm. a call to action. Now, Moderna has since announced that they will not be doing these trials in Australia, which is great news, except for the fact that they will still be doing these trials in America and in Canada. So, once they're approved, which they will be, they'll be bringing them over here too. Now, the issue as well, which (laughs) now we're getting into the weeds. So, the vaccines, none of the vaccines still are formally approved in America. Yeah. None of them. They're still under emergency use authorization because the FDA the Food and Drug Administration hasn't actually given the formal sign-off on any of these vaccines. Mm. Fun fact about the FDA, there has been no head or director of the FDA for 200 days now. Yeah, there's an acting head. There's an acting head. So I feel like part of the reason why they've never been signed off on is because no one is taking that job because they know they'll be forced into signing off on them and then maybe potentially will be getting legal liability or destruction of reputation so, yeah. So, the, well, we don't know the motives. We can no, speculate. We can motives, speculate. But the facts are there is no head of the FDA. Of the FDA. It hasn't been ever since inauguration day. That's right. Yeah. So, because it's supposed to be appointed by the administration yeah. and they have not appointed anyone yet. Yeah. So, why, why is this important to us here in Australia? Well, in America, they have the emergency use authorization pathway to speed up the approval of drugs to get them out to market when there's a need. In Australia, we have no such pathway. So our, our Therapeutic Goods Administration approved the vaccines for usage based on the available data at the time. This is written on their website. It was approved based on the available data at the time, and they, accept, they are accepting rolling data, which means they reserve the right to be able to remove them if the data suggests that they should. Yeah. Why am I talking about this? Because... If these trials for Moderna go well, which I'm expecting they will, because the trial data will be based on efficacy against COVID, not on safety. That's another key point. And no kids die from COVID anyway. So Moderna will be saying 100% efficacy in preventing serious illness and death in children. Right? So again, it'll be efficacy of the drug to prevent COVID. It's like serious death and illness. It won't be 100% safe. Because these trials don't look at safety, they yeah. look at efficacy, right? So once the 
uh, Moderna drug gets emergency use authorization to be used on children in America, the TGA will approve it over here yeah. because we don't have an emergency use pathway. It'll be provisionally approved over here based on the data that's available at the time and they'll be accepting rolling data and they'll be coming to try to vaccinate your kids too. And I would put that decision up to the parents. 100%. Make your own informed decision. Mm-hmm. So again, Nate, fully vaccinated with all of the the regular vaccines that have had many years of usage. And look, obviously, some people have had bad side effects from these vaccines too in the past, right? So it was an informed, educated decision. But I can tell you right now, and this actually surprised uh, Amanda too, like I told her as well, I had actually done all the research into the regular vaccines that we give Nate as well. Mm. So I haven't just looked into the COVID one. I've literally looked into everything because it is important to be able to to know. What was interesting about those original ones was different countries... Um, different, to you different, different protocols, different yeah. protocols, different times, yeah. And it and appears from from my understanding, trying to group them all together in in, in a tight batch causes more issues than spreading mm. them out a little bit, which is what the protocol in Australia is. Yeah, and interesting point on that. Yeah, for people who are wanting to get the COVID nineteen vaccination, is from what the data has shown overseas, one of the reasons why Israel is starting to have problems with waning protection is because they grouped their two shots close together or closer together than the UK. So in Israel, you were literally getting your second shot between, I think it was around three to six weeks Mm. was the window. So between first and second, whereas in the UK, it was more like eight to 12 weeks between the two. And a lot of the data is showing that if you actually have the two vaccines spread out over a longer period of time, you're getting a better degree of protection. So if you do want to get vaccinated, that might be something that you can look into um, doing some research Mm. on as well. And on that note, Let's leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us as usual, guys, and we'll see you next RDO.